Alex Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Welcome in Reno, Las Vegas, Cofield and Company, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Adam Hill is here as the company. Ari is on board running the controls here in the Finley Toyota studio. We got a hockey game starting up here. Caps hosting your Vegas Golden Knights. Big Four is on the way. We'll get you more updates on what's going on when the uh, college football TV show comes up here, the CFP release show. They'll have the first rankings out. We love this. Let's get to it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. All right, tell everyone in Reno who hasn't heard us talk about the college football playoff what we believe this is. It's a reality show? Yes. That's all it is? It's a college football TV show. Don't get worked up. Yep. Don't get angry. Don't get irritated. That's all they want from you. Yep. They want you to don't watch it. They want chatter. They want storylines. And most importantly, they want a way to line up. I think certain schools. So I was trying to put together, because you know I do this every year and it's absurd. But they're trying to, they're trying to, I think they're trying to line up ways to, I believe this year to make sure three SEC teams have a really good chance to get in. So the way I would do it, And I don't think this is way off. I would have Tennessee one. I would have Alabama two. They played each other to a tight game. Michigan three. I'll just use the logic on that one. I mean, if you look at one common opponent, probably the best common opponent with Michigan and Ohio State. Ohio State had to fight to get by Penn State. Michigan whooped them. Right? So Michigan three, Clemson four. Because you want Clemson in. And Clemson still has to win out to get in. Obviously, a lot of things could happen with all these unbeaten and one-loss teams. And then I would have I would have Georgia on the outside, and I would have Ohio State on the outside. So, if Georgia barely nips Tennessee this weekend, then Tennessee, Bama, and Georgia are solidly in. And you could have Bama and Georgia play in the SEC title game. Bama beats Georgia. They all have one loss. Tennessee avoids getting another you know scar from the conference. You got three one-loss teams from the SEC. Let's go. And then good luck to Ohio State, Michigan, and Clemson, and TCU. Come on. Yeah, you have no shot. None. Don't even dream. Pac-12, Oregon screwed your whole shot by getting their ass kicked by Georgia. So no matter what everyone does, that's everyone's going to always look at that. So there you go. Don't even watch the show. I already got to figure it out for you. Well, no, Should first, we move on? Let's move on. No, first of all, what are, Number you do- three. what are you doing? Come on. Oh, playing into it? What, what are you doing? You're looking at me in disgust. You're like, you're also, I thought you were confused about what rankings. You were. To, you was more disgust. Like, I'm not even listening. What, are you, even, what are you doing? I'm not. Even you're doing too much yeah. because you're trying to figure out, okay, well, we have to put them here so that if they win, there's no rhyme or reason to what they do at all. Yes, there is. No, there's not. They could have a team. That, haven't we seen they've had a team number one at the end of the year, the second to last ratings, and they win? They and like, no, now you're four. Drop like, them what? down. What? Yeah, yeah they dropped them there's down. There's no rhyme or reason at all to what they're doing. Yep. They do whatever they want. Their one goal, actually, there's two, there's two goals. You said a couple of things that their goals are. Yeah. Eventually, their goals are to make sure that SEC teams get SEC and the Big Ten have to have at least one in. And if they can get two or three from both of those conferences, well, you know, it's only four teams right now. But that's the goal at the end. Right. 
These rankings have zero to do with what happens. At well, the that's end. why I said if you leave Georgia and Ohio State out of the first four, people are going to go crazy. That's great. Well, they're also no because there's two. This goals. is like the real world with puck. Like they always looked for the, the every season after they were like we need a puck. puck. Wasn't that was that puck the first was like year? Season one. Yeah, that's the point. It's like 1984. People love that. It was but, just some you know scuzzy looking character. You know, behind the scenes are like scuzz it up and be wild, dude. People are gonna go crazy. Go after the gay guy. The two people are gonna goals, love that. The two goals with these early episodes of the reality show yeah. are to get you to watch game Saturday. And to get you to watch the show next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. The only two goals that they have. I just lined it up for you. Bama, LSU, Tennessee, Georgia. Because we also have to look at what games are this coming Saturday and like what could add intrigue by putting one of them in because they want people to watch them. And then what could add like, hey, let's sneak a team at like six and seven. Maybe if they're playing each other and then. I just oh, you did it. Watch you don't t- follow, you're not following college football. I laid it out for you. No, but you're talking about three, no, three four I, weeks I, down the road. I had, I had what's down the road, but also this weekend, Tennessee plays Georgia. Bama plays LSU. Clemson plays Notre Dame. So Georgia will be. Georgia I can't, be I can't invent, I can't invent games for Ohio state and Michigan. Yeah. So they'll, they'll, wait on that. they'll drop them down so that, cause they're not relevant until they play each other. Okay. It's it's the whole. It's, God, now I'm talking way more yeah, than I wanted keep going. to. Stop it! Keep going! No, it's none. a big one at four. Don't fall. Welcome don't in, fall Reno. Into them. He's cursing. Welcome in, Reno. Don't fall. He just, he just he's <laughs> dropping f bombs. I don't know what's going on here. Don't fall into this nonsense. He's don't let it. them do this to you. What's your problem? I you I know that I am, I am from Ann Arbor. I care about Michigan. Will I be watching? Will I care where they put them? Probably because then they'll put them too low. Like, ah, oh, what are you? Like, but don't, don't let them do this to you. Are you worried that they just don't have any fight left in them? Michigan? Yeah. No, they they stay disciplined. They didn't fight back. They don't want suspension. We did our fighting on the field. Did you love that Harbaugh came out and he's like, charges, let's go. I will say <laughs> for the it. for the swinging helmets. I mean, I I I can't defend you on that one. And I said I I was when I was uh, on with Willie yesterday for the audience that was listening. I asked Willie. I was like, would you participate in a fight like this? And he's like. No, no yeah, way. And I, and, and I was like, I might. You think Willie would? I heard Willie threaten a, a, a Postmates driver for not including a plastic fork in the. I was going to say Willie delivery. at nineteen might have done it, but I forgot about that uh, that very testy story from a year ago where he, didn't, he got mad at the uh, delivery driver. They didn't include a fork, a plastic fork in the delivery, which uh, again it was a salad. He probably should have one there, but I think that's on the restaurant, not the driver. And his his call to the driver that I heard was, <laughs> "What are we going to do about this?" And I was like, "Okay." Settle down. What are we going to do about Settle this? Settle down, sir. How do you say it? I, I can't do a Willie slash <laughs> mob accent. Right. It, there was definitely the hands. What are we going to do about this? And I think the driver was terrified, <laughs> as he should be. Number three. Wow. You're not objective on Michigan, although you will watch the CFP tonight and get mad when they're seventh. I won't. Golden Knights game is on. That's what we're watching. Uh, we know you have objectivity issues when it comes to the Bills, so we're probably not going to break down a whole lot of Naheem oh, Hines. God, they stunk on uh, you certainly have zero objectivity when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. What are you talking about? They have the greatest coach of all time. What do you mean I'm not objective? Are we, when Adam's in for his one day a week, actually he's in three days this week, are we not going to have T.I.'s Dolphin song or the traditional Dolphin song like queued up all the time? Miami Dolphins. Because I think that might have to be a thing. Should be. Well, Ari already messed up the music today once, so. On what? Oh, you, you missed his egregious mistake at the beginning of the show. None of your business. You want to point it out, or it's just, I can't, just well, let, it, let it be? 
as you know, tragic incident today in the hip-hop community as a takeoff was killed outside a bowling alley in Houston that I have been to, by the way, and I think you have too. Um, and Ari played Bad and Bougie entering the show today as a tribute to takeoff being killed today. He's not on that song. Hmm. The, the Migos song that famously he was not included on. Well, we'll, uh, we'll send a message to management. I'm sure they're all hip-hop aficionados. <laughs> Should be getting an email anytime during the show. One of those dreaded most, emails. Most likely. In show, in show. Uh, so Dolphins have thrilled you so far. Oh. You're now a you're now a Tua guy. He's executing beautifully. They added Jeff Wilson, a running back today, and Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb's a big one. Jeff Wilson, first round pick, a 2023 first. And remember, Miami had a bunch of firsts from you know some jockeying in the draft the last couple of years. So a first, a fourth, and. They send uh, Chase Edmonds just in case because the Niners might need him because with the Niners' luck, every running back will get hurt again. McCaffrey and uh, soon to return uh, Elijah Mitchell may get hurt again. But uh, I could get this wrong but because uh, I'm doing it off the top of my head. But I think – And by the way, I just I just mixed up the San Fran and Miami trade with yeah. the Denver. and So anyway, so Chase Edmonds is now – and Denver needs uh, running back help. So Denver gets Chubb – or check that. Denver sends Chubb and a fifth. Uh, they get a first, a fourth, and Chase Edmonds. So I, I – I think I could be wrong on this, but didn't didn't the Dolphins turn? Didn't they get three picks in exchange for letting the Niners move up? Yep, and they turned it into Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and Bradley Chubb. Correct. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah. You want to move up? We'll take Chubb, Hill, and Waddle. Yeah. That's decent. That's pretty good, GM. <laughs> That's decent. Who's decent who's, return on who's anti Chris Greer? <laughs> he just played the league pretty good. Yeah, again, uh, they had a, an extra twenty twenty one pick. Uh, that helped him move up to get Waddle, Tyreek Hill. That was part of that deal. In addition to giving him a gazillion dollars, and now uh, the twenty-three pick, 19, or nineteen twenty-three, twenty twenty-three for Bradley Chubb. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good team building, roster building right there by the Dolphins. And like, you don't even need a team because you got Mike McDaniel, but they've also got a team now. Number two. Other top teams around the AFC because I don't believe the Dolphins are top three. Am I crazy for saying that? Bills, mm-hmm. Chiefs, Ravens in any order, however you want to go. Chiefs added Kadarius Tony a couple days ago. Then, you know, it's more of a project. Bills did get Naeem Hines. Ravens got Roquan Smith. I wanted to get your take on Roquan Smith. The Bills also, by the way, didn't acquire, but they did get Tredavis White back. Yeah. Who, you know. Kind of big. If he's healthy. Right. Should be a pretty game-changing uh, corner for them. We talked a lot about Roquan Smith, the linebacker from the Bears, and the fact that people don't want to pay linebackers anymore. How big a deal is this? Because I think a lot of people went off the name Roquan Smith. Was he not playing inspired ball because of his problems with Chicago? You know, I was curious to see how he's playing this year. He leads the league in tackles, doesn't he? And PFF had him horrifically rated. Well, they they th- what's to the be deal? Fair, to be fair, they often talk about linebackers being the 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 area where they have the most. Difficulty grading. Okay. Uh, just because the linebacker. I think he was like 50 out of 68. Yeah. The linebacker position is is so different than it used to be. Right. And there's so many different things that linebackers are asked to do on a play-to-play basis that it is it does become very difficult sometimes to determine what their assignment was, what their role was. So PFF often talks about linebackers being kind of a, a blind spot for them a little bit. Uh, but, you know, traditional numbers will tell you that he's, you know, had a lot of tackles. Uh, second most tackle in the league over the last five years, leading the league this year. Uh, I think I think he will be a better player in that defense. Mm-hmm. I think they'll they'll have a really good role for him. 
uh, to fill, and I I think he makes them a lot better. And I, th- I think I think they are right there as one of the best teams in the league. Number one, Raiders quiet on trade deadline day. They're two and five. They're in Florida right now. Uh, believe me, people can reach them. It wasn't like they were stuck in Del Boca Vista with with no phone signal, no cell signal. Wait they did nothing. Uh, you asked the question: Should they have sold and tanked? What would they have sold? Uh, well, start at the top, right? Well, Derek Carr. And I'm not. I'm not suggesting. I'm not saying he sucks, but he might help you win too many games. At what point do you decide that the season's over and you're playing for next year? That's the question. It's a good question. We started to address it yesterday, and I was thinking like week 13 is when we could actually have a steady car debate about who should be playing. Or are you suggesting that it should be before that? Yeah. Why? Why have the conversation? Why not eliminate the conversation? Like, at what point do you decide you're not keeping Carr? And look, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like he sucks. I'm saying there's value, and he might be too good. Like you might want to lose games down the stretch, and I, that's a decision they clearly, clearly did not make. But you might want to lose. You might want to start building for the future, trying to play for draft picks, and going in that direction. And if Carr helps you win too many games down the stretch, that's not a good thing. So maybe maybe that's a thought. Maybe they should have at least had that thought. Maybe they did have that conversation. They would never say that on the record, of course, but maybe they had that conversation. But I think that would have been a place to start if you do want to move on to next year. But that's that's not that's a decision they clearly did not make at this point. Big Ford Forest presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers in both Reno and Las Vegas. 766-1400 is the number. You can call from anywhere in Nevada. 766-1400. What it is, is I'm standing by the track, and when the train comes by, I've got ready to hit that caboose and not let it get by me. If you're not, you will miss the whole show, and so uh, I can can grab the caboose on this train today in the next few hours. Cofield and Company NFL insider Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joins us now. All right, let's get to it. Adam Hill's all despondent. I, I thought you weren't going to pay attention to the CFP. Not, why? I'm why? Not. It was, an, it was a two-second outburst, and I'm done. This is – I'm not even going to give you the rankings. Uh, maybe later. Uh, Michigan's outside the top four. Adam is a Michigan fan. Michigan is five. Um, like I said, this is a TV show, but there's always a sinister plan behind the scenes. Uh, this is to piss off Jim Harbaugh more about these rankings than his team getting lit up. By Michigan State players, so he'll stop talking about that and now only address the CFP rankings. See, it's all—it's a big plan. Miles Simmons is with us. Miles, how you doing, buddy? How is Georgia third and Clemson fourth? Not, Are you we don't kidding do this me? On the show. We don't. We don't. Yeah, I don't pay attention. We don't do this. We don't do this. We don't do this. We don't. This is what they want. We don't do this. I know. Okay? I know. I'm sorry. And frankly, I don't pay enough attention to this anyway because this is not my beat. I'm exactly. going to talk about the NFL. Exactly. Let's talk about the NFL. Guys. I just saw. I just saw Stuart Mandel tweet out the top six. He's a college football guy, and he was like, "Let the outrage flow." I was going to retweet back at him and say, "F your outrage." <laughs> but he probably take it the wrong way. I don't. I don't have time during the show to explain the whole message. So, of course not. I'll give you some outrage. Okay. The Packers are not freaking serious about this year. If they didn't trade for a wide receiver, they didn't do it. But there's a little more to the story here. Did they get screwed by a team in their own division? 
apparently, Woo-hoo! I mean, if you believe Tom Silverstein of uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, which I do, and I wrote this at PFT, uh, so you can go read more about this at profootballtalk.com. But yeah, apparently the Packers tried to trade for Chase Claypool. They offered their second round pick, but the Steelers said, mm, I think the Bears second round pick is going to be higher up in that second round. So we're going to take that one. So sorry, uh, sorry, Packers and sorry, Cheeseheads. They, they told him like those Giants fans, shove your cheese right up your arse. <laughs> so what does the rest of the season look like for the Packers? Uh, probably doesn't look very good. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I, I don't understand why Aaron Rodgers just doesn't trust his guys yet. I mean, a part of it obviously has to do with talent. Um, we'll see if Sammy Watkins can stay healthy. I think what was good about that Sunday night game that they just played against the Bills is that they probably figured out how they can win games is by running the ball at people. You know, you have Aaron Jones, who is a monster. You have A.J. Dillon, who's got, you know, thighs the size of most people's waists. So, like, he can carry a team if he needs to. Aaron Jones can carry the team if they need to. And I, I don't know how you establish more trust with Aaron Rodgers and his receivers. Hopefully Alan Lazard is going to be back for them sooner than later. He was out with the shoulder. Um, eventually they'll get Randall Cobb back. We'll see how much Sammy Watkins can do. Romeo Dobbs had a really nice catch. So I, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but I thought it was interesting that, that you know, I was watching uh, the Packer, Matt LaFleur's press conference uh, yesterday, and they were asking him more about the defense than the offense. It's not like the defense has been garbage. The the, the Packers haven't scored 30 points yet this year. So I question Matt LaFleur more about that. Like, that's what he does. That's supposed to be his bread and butter. And I love Matt LaFleur, but, you know, they got to get something going offensively. Well, the defense was the issue for the Raiders this week, too, right? I mean, the defense really just stunk, and they have to answer a lot of questions. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Yes, the defense (laughs) sucked, and that's why they didn't score any points, and that's why Derek Carr had 101 passing yards and why Hunter Renfro had one catch for six yards and Devontae Adams had one catch for three yards. How is that possible, Adam? You were there. How is that possible? Defense sunk. sunk. come on. Were they on Bourbon Street with you? No. Are you sure? I was there, that's what it looked like. I was there focused on the game. I was I was, I was not uh, I was that's all I cared about. You're so serious public. The people know. Yeah, that's true. Uh <laughs> what should the Raiders we were having this discussion. The people wanted the Raiders to go make a big splash and try to trade for somebody. Should they have gone the other way? Should they have sold off cuz they didn't do anything at yeah. the trade deadline? Should they have just started selling off and play for next year? Hell yeah. I mean, if nobody wanted Josh Jacobs, like I mean, I guess not. The, okay, but you know, I I I, if somebody who'd wanted Josh Jacobs, I would have given up Josh Jacobs. Because what, what what difference does it make? You know? I mean, I thought that the Raiders were going to start going on a run starting with that game that they just played <laughs> yep. against the Saints. But I guess, you know, maybe it's because they're staying in Sarasota and they just kind of looked past what they had to do and were looking forward to the road trip and bonding or what. I don't know. But to me, you know, and I know Josh McDaniel said, well, you coach long enough, you'll have a few of these clunkers. But look, Josh McDaniels is in his first year as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Right? This is your first chance in over a decade to show what you can do as a head coach. This is inexcusable. It's just ridiculous to go out there against that defense, which has not been very good, and to put that on the field, that's pathetic. It really was. A lot of people were very upset yesterday about the quote from Josh McDaniels. Uh, to me, it's it's kind of coach speak, but what was your thoughts on the other teams lose games too? Oh. 
Oh God. I mean, yeah, everybody there. Yeah. Everybody wins and somebody loses unless we're tying. I mean, what is that? <laughs> I mean, they do lose games, but it's again, like you in your first season with a, a that had a lot of promise, right? I mean, I was one of the people that was drinking the Kool-Aid of, yeah, I think the, the Raiders are going to be good because I thought ostensibly they had upgraded in coaching in some ways, right? Patrick Graham was supposed to be an upgraded defensive coordinator. Chandler Jones was supposed to be an upgrade at edge rusher opposite Max Crosby. Now, Josh McDaniels is supposed to be an upgrade as a play caller and a play designer. And none of those things have happened. So, I mean, you can talk about other teams lose games too, but yeah, that's not... That's not going to satisfy anybody after you go and you get the doors blown off of you like that to a team that could not stop people's offenses before. An offense is supposed to be your calling card. It, it, it just, yeah, it boggles the mind. Who is the second best team in the NFC right now? If we're going to assume the Eagles are still number one, even with Prescott back and healthy and looking better now, who's the second best? The Cowboys, I guess. Niners? I I, I don't think it's the Niners. And, you know, I like there were some 49ers fans getting on me after I said this on um, Monday's PFT Live. But look, the Niners are not usually as good as they look when they play the Rams. And the Rams are not usually as bad as they look when they play the 49ers. I mean, think about it. Look, Jimmy Garoppolo is setting basically completion percentage records for the, the 49ers. And like he doesn't do that in a normal week. I don't know what happens when the 49ers play the Rams, but he just turns into Joe Montana. It's the same thing as when the Bengals play the Browns and you got Joe Burrow looking like an absolute shell of himself. I don't know what happens sometimes with division rivals, but that's what it is. I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. It's the exact reason why the, the 49ers went out and they drafted Trey Lance. They traded all that those assets to draft Trey Lance because they didn't really trust him either. So Jimmy Garoppolo is good. He's okay. You know, Christian McCaffrey definitely makes them better. I love their defense when they're healthy, but the last few weeks, that defense has not been performing very well. I mean, yeah, they performed better in the second half against the Rams, but like, I don't know. I mean, so it probably should be the 49ers, but until Jimmy Garoppolo starts putting it together consistently against teams that, you know, are not named the Los Angeles Rams, I don't trust it yet. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk is with us on Cofield and Company. Are both Super Bowl teams from a year ago going to miss the playoffs? I don't think Cincinnati will. I do think the Rams will. I think the Rams are probably going to finish 9-8, and 10-7, and seven, something like that, maybe 8-9. Wow. and nine. It's probably going to be their worst year under Sean McVay, but they just don't have the horses. I mean, they tried to get Christian McCaffrey. They thought they were going to get Christian McCaffrey, but even if Christian McCaffrey got there, he, he doesn't play left tackle. You know, their left tackle, Joe Nopum's out for the season. He doesn't play guard. You know, Brian Allen, their center is back, but it's not like – they have the kind of offensive line that will allow them to get to the postseason. Like it's sort of the same thing I was just saying, you know, Cincinnati, they're not as bad as they looked against the Browns. Joe Burrow has never beaten the Browns in the regular season and they've never played in the playoffs, but you know, it, it's one of those weird things where that team just has his number. So I know Jamar Chase is out for a little bit, but they've still got really talented guys. Tyler Boyd is really, really talented. T. Higgins, super talented. Joe Mixon, also super talented. You know, Hayden Hurst has done some good things for them too. That defense is not as bad as it looked last night either, though um, with the corner whose name I can't really pronounce, um, him being out, that could affect things. Um, but I, I just I feel like Cincinnati is going to be able to get it together in the AFC, and if they don't win the division, they'll be a wild card team. Who's going to win the NFC South? 
Uh, I think the Bucks will at like <laughs> seven and ten or eight and nine, and it's going to be ugly. But I, I want. There's a part of me that wants to be like, yeah, this is the end for Brady. But now that some of his off the field stuff has settled, maybe that's going to be better for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, who knows what he's going to look like in this post-divorce world? So I, I can't write the Bucks off with Brady as their quarterback yet. But if he if it weren't named Thomas Edward Brady, then I would probably be saying the Falcons because like, look, the, there's a lot of bad vibes coming off the Buccaneers right now, and I I don't know if it just has to do with Tom Brady, but and I hate to talk poorly about Todd Bowles like this, but man. I don't know what he's doing, but it's not good. He does not look like he is handling this situation very well right now. Got about 30 seconds left. Should uh, should there be a four-way tie right now in the NFC South? Was that a penalty on DJ Moore for real? It was a penalty by the letter of the law, but you know I think that in an emotional game and in an emotional situation, officials should use better discretion. You know <laughs> There are teams and coaches know that all these penalties are not always enforced the exact same way. That was a situation where keep the flag in your pocket. You know It's the biggest catch of his life. By the way, the two best passes I saw thrown this weekend were by P.J. Walker and Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How crazy yes. is that? Why walk that was like throw everything into it and it's on the money like 65 yards away. It was an absolute dimer. I think it was about 67 yards according to like the NFL advanced stats or whatever it is. Yeah, Very nice. crazy. Very nice. Uh 15 Michigan seconds. at 5. Uh, I know. No, Stop. You can't, you can't do it. Stop. That's it. You're out. You're out. We're throwing you out. Miles, thank you so much. You know I'm kidding. You know I'm kidding. Take care, guys. There he is. Miles A Simmons on Twitter. Unbelievable. What is he trying to pull here? Yes, the top four, Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, then Michigan, and Bama. Cofield and Company rolling on. Battleborn Sports Hour, 766-1400 for Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Based on everything I've heard, it was like all the teams that were in the postseason that year were like doing the same. So I think that's also kind of why like the players like kind of had that like half apology energy when they were like apologizing all this stuff because they probably knew like, man, like we got caught, like everyone was kind of doing stuff. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Lucas Giolito on the way back. Uh, some of the cheating talk came up again in the World Series with uh, Framber Valdez the other day rubbing his wrist and seeming to clean off and having nervous ticks and hey, you know the Astros brought this on themselves. So eh, lots of teams were cheating. It's been part of baseball forever. Um, I don't know if that's a dumber discussion or sitting here watching all the anger flow on social media over the CFP. We keep telling you every year it's a TV show. They're doing this on purpose. It's a reality show. What's the best script each week to get people worked up? Uh, like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, can we look up what is Bonnie Bernstein doing now? I just, I don't know if she's working right now. Uh, by the way, how about a follow? I follow her. She's got like 140,000 followers. She follows 20,000 people. I'm not, come on. What are we doing here? She goes, does Tennessee deserve the number one spot in CFP's first rankings this year? Yes. Yes, they do. This isn't about who's the reigning national champ or program. I, I'm not, I'm not reading it. That's it. I'm done. No. It's probably a good write-up. Done. By the way, does it mean anything that Georgia is ranked below Tennessee and Georgia's lane eight nope. in the meeting? Nope. Nope. I like it. <laughs> no. Why don't you – can we – more production requests live on the air. Can we just get next question from Kyrie? Anytime we talk about the CFP – please take notes. 
Anytime we talk about the CFP, we should just, this Kyrie, next question, next question, next question, next question, like he did to Nick Friedle. Next question, next question, like, okay. I'm, I'm intentionally. Don't shut it down quick. I'm intentionally not doing it because I don't. Because both of us do it. Because both of us do it. We tell everyone, don't get mad. And then we're peppering each other with questions. No. It's stupid. I'm not. I'm not. I, I am I not. <laughs> I'm not trying to shut down your discussion. I just can't. I can't do it. I am. Because I said. You're right. Because and, and I'm so mad at myself. We need to self-police. That's why. I'm mad at myself because I just said for an hour to not get worked up. And then they put Michigan number five. Yep. And I want to throw my computer across the room. They know what Just stop. Doing. No. No. I don't, I don't care where they're ranked. It doesn't matter no. where they're ranked. They're just trying to get me mad, and it worked. So good job. Good job, CFP people. I'm on, the, I'm on your side. Go. I'm on your side now, and angry Harbaugh will take it out on Rutgers. So I got 24 and a half. I laid it, and I think it's like 27 now. So And even more pissed off, Harbaugh will and just freaking go in and roll in Piscataway. And Rutgers will start trying to fight our players just like other teams do when they get blown out. Hey, whatever, man. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Can't beat them on the field. Do it off. Is that why Michigan's number five? Because they're not good fighters. They're not good fighters. Is that is that factored in now? It's rough and tumble and Central Jersey, as, as I call stupid. it. Why are you doing it? I'm not. Why are you doing? Trying it? not to. Okay. Do you want to have a discussion about cheating in baseball? <laughs> I mean, about sure. as dumb. Yes. About as dumb. I mean, I do believe that there's a difference between trying to steal signs, which is an art, right, and doing it electronically, which is illegal. Okay. I do believe that. Is doctoring the ball absolutely part of the game? No. Okay. Because I was waiting for you to say yes, and I get to cork my bat. No. No. We're trying to steal signs. It was, honestly, as a, you know, little leaguer slash, you know, start of high school, was that was my specialty. Of course. I was, that's You're gonna all outsmart. You're going to outsmart the other 12-year-olds. Of course. What age you are. And so that, that and pulled off. So many hidden ball tricks, which is also one of my favorite things. So annoying. Uh, but so you. <laughs> yes. Yes. But stealing signs is absolutely part of the game when you do it with your brain and with your eyes. It's not when you're doing it electronically. And I, when players are saying, everybody's cheating, they are. They're supposed to be. That's part of the game. You just don't use electronic devices to do it. And, and I guess you could – it's – I mean, is it the same – if you want to go really meta with this debate, like is it, is it the same as the gun debate? Of like, hey, the Constitution says gun. Well, the Constitution was talking about muskets, not about high-powered weapons. Like, baseball, you steal signs. Now there's electronics. Now we can use electronics to do it. I mean, I guess you could go there. I guess you could say, hey, we've evolved to a point where electronics are part of the game, and electronics are part of our life, and that's what we used to steal signs. I guess you can have that debate. But I think there's a pretty clear line of you steal signs, and you do it with your head and your eyes. You don't do it with electronic devices, and there's a huge difference. We're going to bet Tennessee this weekend against Georgia. I wonder what Sam Paniotovich thinks. He's coming up next. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. All right, time for Sam Paniotovich from Nesson and Fox Sports. Sam, the rankings are out. College football playoffs. Thoughts? I'm just glad Michigan's outside the top four. <laughs> Little anger in the studio right now. He's trying to hold back, but he keeps going. Uh, the anger sharks are swimming. Wait, is he really mad or is he fake mad? No, I think he's really mad. It's stupid. It's stupid. Is yeah. what it is. No, it's he, just, it's, he, he's mad. It's a reality it, show. It's stupid. It's but one of the teams he not. actually gets worked up at. He he's been watching the Michigan State post game film uh, in the tunnel. That's been getting him worked up too. So, well, the good thing it. is, Michigan is going to have every opportunity to earn a berth in this playoff. I've been listening to you guys for the last twenty minutes or so. 
it is reality TV. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the cream will rise. And, oh, by the way, in the top seven, three of those teams are going to lose, if not more. Um, starting with this weekend, I'm sure we'll get into it. I like Georgia over Tennessee pretty big. you got Ohio State Michigan. You know, one of those teams will be knocked out. And then, you know, the, the one team that I'm really interested about, say we get two SEC teams, you get the Big Ten champion, whether it be Ohio State or Michigan, can TCU leap Clemson? I, I, think, I think if they run the table in the Big 12, that is a much better resume than Clemson's garbage resume. Do you believe TCU will do that, though? Probably not. Okay. All right. So lay it out for me. Why Why Georgia with that big number over Tennessee? Yeah, I just think this is, you know, finally a tough game on the road for uh, for Tennessee. And people go, oh, well, they went to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh stinks. You know, th- <laughs> this is finally a tough game away from Knoxville. Finally a tough game in the SEC. And another thing, too, this is only their third road game of the entire season. And the first one in four weeks, you know, like that in itself is, I think, not baked into the point spread here. But the Bulldogs are the best defense that Hendon Hooker will see to date, and it's the best one he'll see all season. Um, And I think, you know, the narrative around this game is, well, how will Georgia stop Tennessee? And that's a valid conversation. But for all the talk about Georgia's challenges against Tennessee's offense, Tennessee almost gave up 50 points to Alabama at home. And Georgia's offense is better. They have better players. They have two guys that are going to play in the NFL, a tight end, a receiver. You know, Athens is going to be up for grabs. And if, if you think Hooker's going to carve up the best secondary in college football on the road, like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I have, I have ocean property to sell you in Indiana. I just I, I don't think this is a good spot for all those reasons I just talked about. I like the dogs, and uh, I laid eight, actually, this morning with Georgia. Looking ahead, who do you think is better, Ohio State or Michigan? Oh, Ohio State's much better. I, really? I mean, Ohio State. Ohio State's probably my highest power-rated team in the country. No, but that doesn't mean that that Michigan can't win. I, I think the blueprint to beat Ohio State is very simple. Well, maybe simple is the wrong word. You have to literally punch them in the mouth from the opening snap, and that's what they did last year. You know, Michigan had a really good offensive line. They had the two backs with Corum and Haskins, and they just pounded them on the offensive line. That is the game script. You have to be physical. You have to play Michigan football. And I think it's very possible, but can they stop C.J. Stroud at home for four quarters? Like, that's, that's going to be the question. Um, you know, talking about making a line for that game, it's, it's at the horseshoe in Columbus. I think this game is probably Ohio State minus 11. But, Adam, that's not to say Michigan can't win. They just have to play another A football game like they did last year. Yeah, for sure. And we should point out uh, Jack Eichel just tied the game for the Golden Knights with a filthy shot, as uh, we're going to hear. Uh, I do want to go back to the, the Tennessee situation real quick and just ask, is this a good chance? If you do think that Georgia shuts them down, is it a good chance to maybe bet some of the other Heisman candidates uh, because their odds might, might, might go down next week if hookers go up uh, with a tough performance? Absolutely, and I'm glad that you brought that up. I wasn't going to go here. I just wrote about this on NessonBets.com. I said, wow, you pay attention to Hendon Hooker, who before the season was 66-1 to to win the Heisman, and now he's like plus 100, you know, plus 110. Uh, Superbook has minus 120. That's awesome. You, you pay him the credit he's due. But that being said, like now is not the time to bet Hendon Hooker. And I really do think, you know, you look at the roadmap, 
I mean, it's a, it's a two horse race right now. It's Stroud and Hooker. Like you, you, you can maybe sell me Blake Corum long shot at fifteen to one, twenty to one. But as far as the pass, C.J. Stroud is completing seventy one percent of his passes. He's got almost twenty four hundred yards, twenty nine touchdowns, four picks. I mean, those are Heisman numbers. But here's the key: the Buckeyes will be double digit favorites in all four games left in the regular season, including the last game against Michigan. While Hooker's probably going to lose this weekend, and He's been amazing. I mean, 25 total touchdowns, one pick, but can you name me right now the best defense Tennessee has faced? Okay, Alabama, but like Alabama's defense isn't that good. We've seen that over the course of the season. This is the best defense. And C.J. Stroud before the year was plus 175, plus 180 to win the Heisman. You can get him 2-1 to one right now at multiple sports books. And if they run the table, go undefeated, and Hooker has a bad game, two picks, three picks or whatever – Stroud's winning the Heisman. Like, the only way Stroud wouldn't win it would be if Corum goes off for 250 and two touchdowns in the game. Like, those are, like, those are the only two guys I think that can win it at this point. C.J. Stroud or Blake Corum. That's it. Sam Pettyanovich with us here on Cofield and company. All right. What do you got up for a Super Bowl Twitter poll? Yeah, I, you know, it's wild to me. Like, I, I, apparently I just, like, Totally ticked off everybody from Buffalo, including our guy Chris and Naked City. He's like, oh, what about the Bills? I'm like, look, I'm not going to put the Super Bowl favorite on this poll. Like, that's the point. Like, I'm going to give you four teams, and then we vote. Like, if I give you $100, what's the move here with these four teams? Eagles, 11-2. Chiefs, 7-1. Niners, 13-1. Bengals, 22-1. And obviously, this was before yesterday's game, so I probably wouldn't put the Bengals on here anymore. But I wanted two NFC teams and two AFC teams. My answer is Kansas City at 7-1. I mean, their wide receiver room got a lot better with the addition of Kadarius Toney. We know the way that Andy Reid and Mahomes get things going in the playoffs. And their depth chart, like their offensive depth chart, is just as good as Buffalo's. I mean, you look what they have with Mahomes, Kelsey, Edwards Hilaire, Toney, Smith-Schuster, Valdez Scantling, Nicole Hardman, Sky Moore, pretty good offensive line, and Andy Reid calling plays. Um, you know, for those teams, I, I get that the payout's bigger on San Francisco, but the Chiefs at 7-1, like, I think we all know we're headed for Buffalo-Kansas City in the AFC title game. Like, that's probably what's going to happen. So, if I could get KC right now, 7-1, um, you know, Buffalo's like 2-1 to one plus 220. I'm not betting that. I'm not betting the favorite right now at the end of October, early November. I like KC of those four teams at 7-1. That's a really good team and a pretty decent price. We got baseball coming back now uh, after a rain out yesterday. Uh, first of all, in terms of the series, any anybody benefit more from the rain out than the other, and uh, maybe worth worth some value here going forward? I think the Phillies benefited. Um, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, I mean, throwing Ranger Suarez instead of Noah Syndergaard is a big deal. We'll probably still see Thor at some point in this series, but Suarez is a much better pitcher, and you know the way that he throws that fastball with the tail. Uh, against those righties. I, I think it's a good matchup for him. Now, look, he's, he's not the greatest pitcher in the world. We understand that. This is game three. But I, I think, really, the Philly left-handed bats, like the Harpers and the Schwarbers of the world, they're going to hit the ball off McCullers, who's been okay, but he hasn't been great. Um, and, and remember, this series has had pretty much two overs, depending on the opening number, over six and a half, over six and a half. Last game closed seven. But this is an over series, guys, because these offenses hit mistakes. Um, I do like Philly tonight at plus 110. I think it's a good bet. I'm not really bullish on the over like I have been, but 
I, I do think the, the Philly bats, I mean, they're, they're 5-0 and at home in the postseason um, and averaging almost 10 runs a game. Like, that team is really good at home, and they're hot right now. Like, I think, the, I think either team that plus money is the move the rest of the way. Back to the NFL for a second. Uh, you saw, I'm sure you saw this today, that uh, Chase Claypool went to the Bears for a second, which everyone is ripping on the, uh, the uh, Bears for giving up a second for Claypool. The Packers also offered a second, apparently. And I guess the thought by the Steelers is, well, the Bears will finish with a worse record than the Packers. Are we sure about that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I mean, you look at the Packers' schedule. I mean, there are not a lot of easy games on there, and we, we know that because we've watched them play this year. But, you know, the next five games, they're going to be favored in four of them. Now, they probably take a loss, and then maybe a peekaboo loss, but they go at Detroit. They go home to play Dallas. The Titans roll into Green Bay. At Philly, probably a loss. I think we all get that. And then at Chicago on Sunday, December 4th. So Green Bay 3-5 and five right now, there, there's a very realistic chance that they rip off 4 out of 5, and then, you know, they're 7-6. and six. Um, And the NFC is not great this year, guys. I mean, you look at the, the standings, you're going to have a team there potentially that, that has like nine wins. Um, you know, you look at the, the five hole right now is Seattle 5-3, and three, and then the 6-7 are two teams that are 4-4 four and 4-4. Four and four and four. Um, you know, Atlanta, San Francisco, Washington, the LA Rams, like none of those teams are elite. Um, we talked about this last week. Like, I, I think if you're looking for a team down the page in the NFC, now's the time to strike, man. You still got another week or so before these games get played. We know Philly's going to be the one seed, but you could still get Minnesota at like eight to one to win the NFC. You could still get Dallas at nine to one green Bay. You can find 15 to one now. Like if you're willing to go a different direction outside Philly, you know, you can make some money if one of those teams makes a run. No doubt about it. Back to the Bears for a second. So I got to lay five with the Dolphins at the Bears? I, I'm overthinking this one. I'll be honest with you. Usually on, on Tuesday, I'm sort of scatterbrained. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. If the Bears don't get a pass rush, they're not going to stop Miami. So in the last, what, 10 days or so, they've traded their best pass rusher yeah. and their best player. So they don't have Robert Quinn and they don't have Roquan Smith. Who the hell is making plays on that defense? Like, the secondary, fine. Like, maybe Eddie Jackson gets a pick. But if the Bears don't get a pass rush and don't get pressure, how are they going to stop an offense on the broken play with Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill and Mike Gusecki and Tua playing better? Like, I don't know what I like more, Miami minus five or the over uh, 45-45 and a half. Like, this could very easily be 35-14. I think Miami gets 30. And Chicago's offense has been better, too, guys. I mean, Luke Etsy, the OC, has been giving the ball to Fields and letting him run more. And if he's running the ball with success, it makes the entire offense better. So, look, at this point, gun to my head, I'd probably go over 45, um, and I'd grab that now because it looks like it's going up. I like over more than Miami. I don't like laying points on the road in the NFL. NBA, I know you like to shop odds. You know, you're, you're talking about it right now around the NFL towards the halfway mark of the season. Giannis, Luka, pretty obvious for MVP, or we got someone else? Oh, yeah, they're the obvious frontrunners for sure. Yeah. But, look, there's a world where a guy like Donovan Mitchell, you know, makes a push for this. If Cleveland's a top-three seed and he's putting up the numbers he's putting up right now, let me just tell you this. A week ago, he was 60-1 to one to win the MVP. You're lucky now to find a 35-1. to one. So his odds have been cut basically in half. He's been playing really good basketball on a much-improved team. And we know the deal with the MVP. It's, it's really the best player on a team that overachieves. 
So, I, I mean, well, I guess maybe without Jokic, because he's sort of been the misnomer the last couple of years. Um, but Luka's balling right now. I mean, was he averaging 36 points a game? Um, and we know the league wants to give him an MVP. But still, if you shop around on Donovan Mitchell, 15 to 1, 20 to 1, 22 to 1, 25 to 1, 30 to 1, 35 to 1. Like, the proof is in the pudding. You have to shop around, and you have to get the best prices with these players. My Indiana book, my FanDuel account, I opened when I was there that I can't bet now. Um, yeah, Donovan Mitchell, 30 to 1, Giannis, 320, Luka, 330. Jokic is 21 to 1. That's interesting. I think we have Jokic fatigue, though. I think we're all over okay. that. All right. Sammy, appreciate it. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck with your bets this week. All right, gentlemen. We'll see you. There he is, Sam Paniotovich. NBA MVP betting. You going to do it? No. I don't bet many futures. I, I, I just, you know, your money's tied up for a while. I'd, I'd rather fire away every single day. In Reno, you've been listening to Cofield and Company. Check out the archives of the show all three hours at lvsportsnetwork.com.